Welcome to Racing Girls Rock podcast presented by the Women's Motorsports Network. I'm Melinda Russell, the founder and CEO. I also founded the International Women's Motorsports Association and the Women's Motorsports Network News online magazine. Today's episode is brought to you by our official travel planner, Brittany Heisinger. Brittany specializes in Disney trips, but can book any trip anywhere you want to go from Hawaii to Houston, Alaska to Australia, or anywhere in between. Last year, she helped over 100 families plan magical vacations to Universal Studios, Disneyland and Disney World, Mount Rushmore, Las Vegas, Cabo, Hawaii, Aruba, and Iceland, to name a few. In just her first year since joining the Smart Moms Travel Group, she's won the Rising Star Award, the Top Paid Agent Award, and won a rewards trip. She hit her sales goal, joined Team Fantasyland at her agency, became a Walt Disney World pass holder and Magic Key holder, and more importantly, has made lifelong friends. You can connect to Brittany on this Instagram at Travel with Zing or give her a call at 602-291-5144. Check out the show notes for more information and tell her Melinda sent you. And now it's time for this week's show. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. And my guest today is Heather McDonald. Um, Heather and I have been trying to get together and busy schedules, you know, it's that time of year, isn't it, Heather, where we all have all, so much going on, but we're finally able to connect today. And so I want to welcome Heather to the show. And Heather, would you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, it was just kind of one of those deals where um, things come up and that's okay, too. So a little bit about myself. Um, I'm from Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Um, and uh, I was actually in the automotive industry. I, I sold cars for a number of years. Um, I have two little girls from my from my first marriage. Um, my oldest, Aubrey, is 12. She'll be 13 this September. And my youngest is 10. And, uh, you know, they, they love the dirt track, but they have, they are most definitely girly girls. They dance and they skate, um, all winter long and all in the fall and in the spring. And, um, that keeps us busy in the off season. And sometimes those seasons collide with race season. So then life gets even more hectic. So, um, when school got out and all their extracurriculars were out, uh, I thought, no, we're, we're, we're going to limit what we do extra this summer and we're just going to enjoy being a family at the racetrack. So, um, I had, uh, a number of years ago, probably eight years ago. Um, it was devil's run weekend in devil's lake. I had never been to a race, a dirt race and race ever. Um, I actually thought that I wouldn't be interested in racing. I, I kind of thought it was dumb. And uh, <laughs> a friend convinced me, hey, let's go to the race. Let's go to the races. They're they're running sprint cars tonight, you know. And uh, we came out to, ironically, the Devil's Lake Speedway, and we watched um, a sprint car race. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then um, we, you know, months went by and um, I actually started, I actually briefly dated um, 
a pit man for a sprint car team. And uh, so he took me to a World of Outlaw show and I was hooked. Um, things didn't work out. And I vowed up and down that I would uh, never date anybody in the racing world ever again. And um, I was still a fan of racing, but um, a few months later, uh, my other half, uh, Nolan Olmstead walked into my life and uh, he was pretty persistent and uh, I swore up and down I was like nope I don't like this guy nope 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 <laughs> well um, he was persistent and uh, he he was very patient because uh, I I bowed up and down that I was I was done I wasn't I wasn't interested in getting in a relationship and I he grew on me and we've been together ever since. And um, I, when we first started seeing each other, I was like, I'm not hoping you're at the racetrack. I want nothing to do with this. Um, well, he, he needed a bartender in the bar. Um, there's a bar that over overlooks corner four of the racetrack. And before I knew it, I was bartending and then I was in the beer gardens and then um, a new scoring system came into play and he's like, Hey, can you go to training and learn this just in case we ever need you up there? Well, one thing led to another, somebody got mad and quit and I've been in the scoring tower ever since. <laughs> and I've just kind of progressively taken on more roles and um, no one's been racing 29 years. Um, so, um, and he's won, he's won a lot of track championships. He's, uh, won a, he won the NOPA points championship back when NOSA was a thing in our area. So, um, he, he's, you know, he, he's got over 90 wins in his career and, um, he's been running the Devil's Lake Speedway for 11 years. And then he ran the Green Greenbush Race Park, um, in Minnesota for five years. So. Um, he's been he's been running racetracks for about 16 years, and I think I'm on year eight. I, I it, I've uh, I've kind of lost count of how long I've been here now, but um, we've this racetrack is in Doyen, North Dakota, or Prairie, North Dakota, which is about 16 miles from my hometown. So um, it's kind of cool to still be in my hometown and raise my kids kind of in the area. So. That's a pretty cool story. And the fact that he was so persistent and patient, that's kind of not necessarily traits that you would think of in a, in a man or even especially a race car driver because they tend to be a little bit more aggressive and not patient. And so um, that yeah. says a lot about him. So he runs the racetrack. Does he still race as well or he just runs the track? Um, we have still have free race cars. Um, we did, we've, uh, when we get time, um, he'll run a little wingless. Um, you know, it, it took, uh, took until last year and he finally had his first rollover. And so, you know, it took him a while to heal from that. Um, he did get in the car one time after that. Um, and we're still, um, we're actually in the testing phase with a motor package for that class. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, we 
2021, we went down to Arizona and raced um, the AMOD with the uh, at the Wild West shootout. Did not have good luck. It, uh, I'm starting to think that it's an omen. Like the first time anybody from up north goes down there, I'm starting to think that they it's like a bad omen and you just get bad luck the first time. So um, I think, you know, um, our, our new motors actually in Winnipeg, Canada right now. And with all the border closures and all that, um, it's been stranded in Canada for two years. So three years. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping sometime this summer we can get some free time and buzz up there and, and get it. So you went to the Wild West shootout and yep. I was actually there. Isn't that funny? It is. Because I actually ran into a ton of people from my home area um, and people that I've known from other organizations not related to racing down there. So um, it was kind of fun. Um, I, I was walking through uh, like the behind the grandstands over kind of where they had the beer gardens and stuff. I was sitting there talking to some locals that were also down there racing and I seen somebody walking up and I'm, and he's like, oh, are you guys from, he was talking to everybody else, like, oh, are you guys from, from North Dakota? You know, and I look at him and I knew I was like, I ripped his sunglasses off his head and I was like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> He's from my hometown, and um, he actually uh, works periodically for the elevator next door to our house. So um, it was kind—it of, was kind of a funny deal. He goes, "Well, I've just moved my mom down here." So that's interesting. Yeah, we we stay in Arizona in the winter, and we actually went to that race in 2021. So that's yeah. funny. We were both there for sure. Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm. The rumor is is they are moving it. Uh, they're building a, a dirt track over by Chandler. Mm -hmm. Kind of the rumor that I heard, and so it'll be back there, um, not this 2024. So, yeah, that's tentatively the plan right now. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll right. See how, we'll see what the bank account looks like. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's you know, and the gas prices, right? Because yeah. that's the thing now that everybody's watching for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you kind of slowly tiptoed into the racing arena and now you're full into it. So what, what all do you do now? I know you said scoring. What, what else do you do? What's, what's your job at the track? Yeah, I, um, I kind of do a lot of the PR stuff. Um, uh, sometimes I have to be human resources. <laughs> The human resource officer. Um, I do a lot of the administrative stuff. Um, whatever needs to be done is kind of what I do, I guess. Um, okay. What's your favorite thing to do? I try not to get into a lot of the uh, maintenance stuff for that because that's just really not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. So what's your favorite thing to do there? I really just um, like to interact with um just the whole racing community as a whole. Um, if I could get away and do more, more things with with the fans and with the drivers, um, I would I, I would love to do that. Um, but there's just not enough not enough people stepping up to the plate to do a lot of positions. So 
um, I, I've been really stuck in the scoring department for, for a few years and I, and I don't mind it normally. So, yeah. So it's, it's a dirt track. Am I right? Yes. Okay. And how big of a track is it? Um, we are one third mile. Okay. So it's a small track. Yep. We're a small little bull ring. Yeah. Sounds, sounds fun. And what kind of cars, what classes of cars do you run at your track? Um, we run everything from pure stocks to Wissota street stocks, Wissota Midwest mods. Um, we'll have a few late model shows, um, mm -hmm. throughout the year, um, with NLRA. Um, we, a couple years ago, we, uh, we brought in the, uh, Western Renegade non-wing sprint and, um, and that's, that's been growing like wildfire. Um, and then we'll host the mid Coda lightning sprints from time to time. Um, maybe a NOSA show, NOSA law sprints show here and there. Um, we've done legends in the past. Um, we've done a mod specials in the past. Um, just, and then this year, um, actually the super trucks from, from Winnipeg are gonna, are gonna make a, make a swing down here. So I'm actually pretty excited for that August show. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. I've seen them and they're, they're pretty fun to watch for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen the super truck. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. That's going to be a good show for sure. So, you know, as a PR promoter, that kind of thing for your track, besides being the scorer, what, what are some of the events that you do that, you know, would be maybe a little more unusual that other tracks might get some inspiration from what are what are some of your bigger events um well our golden hammer classic which is uh, our midwest mod special um and um at the wahala building center up in wahala is actually the uh the title sponsor for that event um and when they came to us many years ago they wanted to do this this big special you know where we were on board and they said come up with a name for it and i'm like what are we going to name it and uh you know i just sat and thought about it for about 20 minutes and i thought how about the golden hammer and great name and and that and so what's cool about that event is they will will line them up for their heats according to their pill draw and then we'll invert it and so they'll run two heats and we'll make up their feature lineup by their passing points so okay. if you draw really good at first you don't get any passing points but then if you invert it then they start in the back and that gives them the opportunity so it it can get really dicey you know it, it it's it's a lot of fun um we just use like a like a go-kart format for that race and a lot of racers um came out of go-karts so it's kind of fun for them because it's like it's like driving a big kid car right with the old go with the little kid format so i mean yeah. it gives it a little gives a little extra racing for the fans to watch um and then so that event turned into having a late model show with nlra so um the wahala building center now has two events called the golden hammer one's the golden hammer challenge and one's the golden hammer classic Okay. All right. So they're one of your better sponsors then if they're doing a couple races with you. Yeah. That's no, awesome. They're, they're great people and um, they, 
they just they sponsor a lot of drivers and they they're just very all in um on racing and they are tremendous support for us you know it sometimes it's just sometimes they're they're more of a sounding wall than you know we've, we've yeah. got to be very good friends with them and and uh you know they're small business owners just like we are and right they, they get it they get it yeah. it's you know they get the ups and downs of business yeah absolutely and especially where you're so weather dependent that makes it hard too yeah, that's true it, of all tracks yeah 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 we've had a lot of rain here in the midwest since racing started and there's been a lot of nights of racing you know beautiful during the week and then friday saturday hit and then there comes the rain so it's been, been kind of a pattern yeah been i know you have that. yeah yeah we were actually supposed to start um towards the end of april um we usually we you know some years it doesn't happen and some years you know it's 70 degrees in march so um you know still when you're new in your schedule in the winter you just don't know what what the weather is going to look like so it's easier to cancel it than it is to try and put it on yeah um but our first race of the year it was actually we actually had a blizzard like a week-long blizzard oh gosh Com you know it's it's not unheard of up here in north dakota but it's not normal mm -hmm. and and it was a good blizzard i will say that the kids didn't have school for almost a week so wow yeah, so that racing got canceled real quick. That yeah, that should have turned into the snowball derby too. <laughs> right. Yeah, if we could see to get to the racetrack. Right. Yeah. But it, it dumped a lot of snow, and um, so that really put all of us behind the eight ball, you know. And yeah. then it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. Uh -huh. So, so yeah. right now, all of our our local farmers are they're they're just full throttle in the tractor yeah. and trying to get that crop in. So our car counts have been a little light the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, more than a little light. It, they've been a lot light, but yeah, I would say probably 85 to 90% of our drivers are in the agriculture field. So okay, we, we get it. Yeah. Get it. Some fans probably don't get it quite so much, but you know, it, it was, you know, like I told a driver uh, on Saturday, I said, it's a pain of discipline versus a pain of regret situation. And I said, if they don't get that crop in, they're not getting paid this fall. Nope. And, and there won't be any racing race. money. No. Nope. Yeah. Can't, can't race if they don't have any money. No, that's right. So that's interesting that it's a lot of ag agricultural people that drive the cars. Because I don't hear that a lot. So that's, that's kind of different. So do you have very many women that are racing at your track? Um, we've had a few over the years. Um, right now, um, currently, um, there's a couple girls in the Midcota Lightning Sprints, uh, Kelsey Peterson and Kate Caves. Um, and I, I have a, peer, a female peer stock driver, um, Makara Johansson. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of changes. You know, you'll have a girl, you'll, we'll have a couple girls for a while and then it'll kind of peter out, you know, they'll, they'll hit the next stage in life. Well, I should, we have Brayden Pengilly. She hasn't been in a car for a couple of years. She still wants to race, but, um, she, it was kind of a funny situation. She had a baby the week before, and then she thought she was coming to race the next week. And I had to tell their, um, 
Amanda, the race director, I said, I don't think this is a good idea. I was like, her, her body needs to heal. Yeah, she, absolutely. Agreed, you know, Amanda and I are both moms and we kind of understand, you know, like our bodies have to heal and yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we, yeah, so we, we that you know, kind of grounded her. I don't think she was too happy at first, but I think she I think she understood. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. So, um, you know, I talked to a lot of women, and and they juggle so many things that men don't do, and and that's one of them. You know, a man, his wife has a baby; he's at the track that day. You know, but the women have to get that baby started with a good life and get themselves back, you know, feeling good yeah. and everything. And so that's just another one of the things that women juggle in racing, if they're racing or want to race that men don't. So um, that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because I hear, I don't hear that a lot because I talk to a lot of women that are either not having kids yet or have already had their kids, but um, you know, it, it is something that when you think about what women do, they work. Most of them are going to work. They raise a family. They're running a home. Um, they're having babies. They're doing all those things. And it's a big, it's a, it's a, a lot to juggle and a lot to, to make sure that everything goes well. So, you know, it's kind of finding the balance in your yeah. life. So, and you know, you have the same issues. You have a lot going on. What would you say? How do you find balance between racetrack and family? Um, we bring the kids to the racetrack a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are days where I don't want to go to the racetrack. I want to be at home. Well, my now that my kids are older and they can they can kind of fend for themselves a little bit. And, we only live like a mile from the racetrack, so it's yeah. not a big deal to, you know, kind of buzz home and check on them every couple hours. And, you know, right. they can feed themselves, they can bathe themselves, you know, and yeah. I, give them, I try to give them a list of chores to do, whether they do it or not. It's kind of yeah another, another situation. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, like this week my kids are, are with my ex-husband and you know, and he called me, he goes, well, I assume that they're going to want to come to the racetrack on Saturday. And I was, he's like, is that fine? And I said, yes, that's fine. Um, my, my, actually my 12 year old for the last two years has been operating the scoring board. Oh. In that, and in, she's getting the hang of it. Um, you know, it, it's hard to keep, keep a 10, 11, 12 year old kind of on track that right. Long. Focus. Um, so um, she's done it the last couple weeks, and she's done a great job. And I, uh, I think she gets a little frustrated with me because there are some nights I'm doing two scoring positions, so I don't have time to check on her. Or yeah. I'll look over. No, that's not the right amount of laps, or you know yeah. something like that. But she, she's definitely um, getting the hang of it, and she enjoys that position and. She's now she's kind of well. She wants to start putting the numbers on the lap board, and I'm like, I can't even do that. Like I, yeah. I don't have the, I don't have the. Uh, I'm not coordinated enough to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. so for me to teach her how to do that, I'm like, no. Oh, but that's good too. that it's good that she wants to have a job because then she feels like she's being useful and 
even if she's not interested in being a race car driver, she's still involved with the family at the racetrack. And, you know, at 12 years old, she's going to pick things up that you and I would take a lot longer. And so that's, that's pretty cool that she wants to do that. Yeah. yeah. So we, we did give go-karts a try. Um, okay. Was that two years ago? And uh, my daughter has uh, anxiety issues. And uh, so having that motor right next to her head, that was, yeah. that was a no go. Cause when uh, kids with anxiety don't like loud noises, which is kind no. of ironic because um, it's loud at our house and at work yeah. all the time. So, but that's a different that's a different level of loud compared yeah. to a motor next to your head. Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know she she no nope, that did not go. And then we tried to put my younger daughter in, and well she wasn't tall enough for that particular go kart to give it a try. And you okay. know in, hind, in hindsight I'm I'm a little I I'm a little relieved that my kids didn't. Um, to that um just because we don't have a go-kart track in devil's lake we want to start a go track go-kart track in devil's yeah. lake um but it takes it takes a lot of people interested and i don't i don't know if we have have the interest if we have the interest you know maybe we'll move forward with that mm -hmm. um, because that is the next generation of racing right um yeah. But now we at our track we allow twelve year olds to start racing. Okay. Um and you know, now now that I have kids old enough to get into a race car, um I uh and you know, we've looked at the go kart situation and I'm and it was kind of funny. I was talking to my twelve year old and because somebody had asked, Were you ever gonna race? And she goes, I don't know. And I and I said I would feel comfortable with you in a full body car. If you want, yeah. she wanted to race pure stocks. Um, you know, she's going to have to go out and raise some of the money herself to run. Yeah. And, and no one would get her, get her going. But um, I definitely feel, I would feel more comfortable with her in a mm -hmm. full body car with a roll cage. Yeah. White harness um, versus something that has no cage on it. So. I agree. And I see these little kids running these carts and they roll and they whatever. And it's like, I mean, they, they're they safe, obviously, because these kids, you don't hardly ever see a kid get hurt. You no, know, kids bounce but well. They do. But um, I'm with you. You know, my granddaughters raced quarter midgets and my one granddaughter always hung her arm out over the door. And I was like, you're going to get your arm broke, you know, but it was just a habit because she leaned when she was driving and then she, you know, I felt a lot better when she moved to, she went to like a front wheel drive car and it was like so much stronger and the car was heavier and, and that. So, um, yeah, but you know, those kids, they're, they don't have the fear and, and they love doing it. And then, you know, there's thousands and thousands of kids racing carts all over the, all over the place. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting. And yeah. then, yeah, so. I actually, um, I have a former employee that's like, kids don't belong in race cars. And and then we were watching uh, Bristol um, last year and uh, was a 13-year-old, one in the 602 late models. And I kind of laughed because that kid drove so smooth. And I said, no, this kid's been in a 
full body carve for a while. Oh yeah. You know, oh, you yeah. could just tell. And I said, yes, he has natural talent, mm-hmm. but I said, he also has developed a skill and you right. develop that skill when you've been in a seat. And so I kind of yeah. chuckled a little bit. I was just like, you know, yeah. So I, there's yeah, a young, I understood where he was coming from because he, he's in the insurance industry. Well, oh, I yeah. hold an insurance license and I'm like, if they were going to cover it, go for it. Exactly. Exactly. There's a young man from Portage, Michigan, right here. That's now racing in the truck series, NASCAR truck series. And he started in quarter midgets and he was very successful and had, has many national championships and, and that and you know moved up to racing a big car at a young age and now he's 18 19 he might be 19 years old now and he's racing in the nascar truck series and you look at those kids they are kids that are racing in nascar you know the the number of them that are 25 or under is pretty big and it seems like the younger they that they're getting younger and younger all the time in the bigger series yeah, and I uh, we actually have uh, two drivers, well, a, a former driver, um, in the in the ARCA series right now. Oh, okay. Who's that? So um, Amber Bulkin. Oh yeah, I know Amber. So her dad Mike um, has raced at our track for many, 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 many years. Uh, my other half, Nolan, actually used to go up to Winnipeg and race all the time, and. She was just a little squirt and she'd come every week into his pit and get a hero card and and she was in go-karts and then she uh-huh. was in she was in lightning sprints. So I think she's been here maybe a couple times with the lightning sprint, but you know, she was probably here quite a bit with, with dad in the in the late model. Um yeah. and uh and then Bryce Huggeberg, he's actually uh he's still racing with the Mikoto Lightning Sprints. Um, he won't be here this weekend because I guess he's going. He's going to race Arca, which I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You know yeah. that's that. Not those doors don't open for right. everybody. So when when, right. when the door opens, you just got to run through it. Exactly. Exactly. You have to be flexible and be able to go do that for sure. Yeah. So the. The thing you love, you, you know, I ask you what you love the most about it. And, you know, you said you'd like to do more with the people. But, um, you know, what's what's been your obstacles? Well, that was what you love the most. What's been the hard part about working at the racetrack? Oh, um, you know, just, you know, there's a lot. There can be a lot of conflict in racing. Um. The one that really sticks out for me, um, we actually had to ban um, a couple drivers, and and that was really hard. Um, we had a driver that um, just, you know, he he was very dominant on the track, um, but he tried to control how we ran the racetrack, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he had a friend that also tried to control how we ran the racetrack no that's no that's it you know it it got to the point where we had to put our foot down and um he actually had threw his points championship trophy in a in a bonfire one night after the races and um and then he ended up um attacking my other half and at that point 
it was, nope, you're done. Time to go. Yeah. And uh, he actually um, called law enforcement and said my other half attacked him. But yet my other half was on the ground, you know, kind of dodging the punches. Yeah. He never, he, he knew enough to not fight back. You know, yeah. he, he was the grown up in the situation. Right, right. And, um, you know, and I was already at home. Um, I needed to do some traveling for uh, for a service organization I belong to. So I had went home, packed, because I was going to get up the next early the next morning and take off to go to our state convention. And, uh, you know, he came home and he flipped the light on in the bedroom and he's like, I'm so mad. And, you know, he's <laughs> telling me what's going on. And I kind of had a gut feeling that something wasn't right at the track. And I was actually yeah. um, in the process of getting out of bed, put my clothes on, going over there, but uh, I didn't have to. He beat, beat me. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really sad uh, because your track's not the only one that has those issues, you know? No. Um, and some tracks are kind of known for that kind of behavior more so than others. Um, I think the management you know, once they put their foot down and other people see that that's not going to fly. Um, whereas, you know, other tracks um, kind of let it go depending on who you are, that kind of thing. And so um, it's a shame, though, because there's so many people watching little kids and and whatever. And it's it's really sad that we have to put up with that kind of behavior when this is supposed to be a fun family activity. Yeah. And then it only takes one or two to ruin that for a lot of people. So I hate that you had to go through that, but that's part of, you know, owning and running a track, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it for, definitely comes with the territory. And, it does. You know, and there was a lot of um, behind the scenes, like behind our back stuff that kind of went on after the fact, you know, trying to get back at us. Uh -huh. and, and I just kind of thought, you know, and thankfully we had really good sponsors and we had and people really came out of the woodwork and said, no, you know, like we've got your back. And, yeah. And, you know, he tried to put on a race at a competing track, you know, and he's throwing money at him and he's paying entry fees. And I just thought. No, like you can't do that forever. Yeah. And you can't, and, and you I, can't and do I that forever. Like, no, and I, I just thought, I thought, you know, that's so juvenile. Yeah. But, you know, there, we've kind of, we kind of had put kind of a kibosh to the, you know, uh, there seems to always be a, you know, behind the scenes, you know, somebody's always trying to stir a pot or, you know, go, go against, you know, a track promoter. And it doesn't matter which racetrack it is. I, I see right. it at all the tracks and I kind of hear about it and, um, I, I always think it's kind of funny because it's always the same people and it's just yeah. like, you know, eventually they get found out. Oh yeah. And you know, it, it, and I've always, you know, I always sometimes have to remind, you know, like my employees, cause like my employees hear about it and they get a little upset about it. And I said, no, I said, take the high road. Don't yeah. worry about it. Right. Um, eventually they, inadvertently expose themselves and they're the ones with egg on their face. Yeah. And it, it comes out this, you know, in the end, people, people see through a lot of that. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, for sure. But it is part of racing, unfortunately, and drama, you know, 
is, I mean, it's from the little tiny kids, more so those parents, but it starts at, you know, the younger track and it goes all the way through the professionals and, and that's just part of it. And I think that's, that's the draw for some people is, is that kind of thing. And so, um, some people but, love it and some people hate it and, you know, yeah. and, you know, I've gotten, you know, like I, uh, I tell, I tell a lot of my staff just double down on the personal development today and just don't yeah. worry about it. Absolutely. Worry so about what you can control, don't worry about what you can't control. That's right. That's right. That, cause you're wasting a lot of time if you're worrying about things that are out of your control. For Absolutely. Sure. So what's your, what's your schedule look like this summer? Is there anything you want to promote about what's coming up at your track or, or things let people know, um, you know, again, where you are, how to find your schedule. What are some big things you have coming up? Well, we just, uh, we have a peer stock. Um, we've got the, uh, we've got the peer stock nationals this weekend. Normally we run that, that special, um, in September. Um, during the Wasota 100, so we normally will run classes that aren't uh, with our sanctioning body that weekend. Um, one of my other half's good friends is getting married, and I said, "No, we're we're not racing this weekend." And so he he's not real happy with me, but he he did say he's like, "If we get any more rainouts, we have to add that back on." And I'm like, "At what classes are we gonna run?" Yeah, um, just so happens one of our neighboring tracks is run um, has uh, the touring. We have two, two, two different tours going on within our sanctioning body right now. And so kind of fell that the street stocks and the Midwest mods um, are going to be down there this week. And so we took them off and then they took peer stocks off. So we're actually going to run a, a thousand to win peer stock special. And we've, okay. opened, we've opened it up. Um, we, we sanction our own peer stocks. We don't think it, but uh, we're actually going to open it up and let the Wasota peer stocks come if they want to come. Um, and then all the other surrounding areas, their bombers or pure stocks, if, if we actually opened it up so um, they can come race with our guys cause, and girls because they, um, at the end of the day, we're all kind of pretty comparable yeah. in, in a lot of aspects, like the IMCA hobby stocks. They got a, they got a little bit more horsepower, um, but they can't run on a Hoosier tire. They got to run on a street tire. Yeah. Whereas our drivers can run on a on a used Hoosier tire. Okay. So um, it so balances out. It it does it does and then um, and um, so I think I think we'll I think we'll do okay there. We're gonna do a hundred to start. We threw we threw some more money towards the bottom. Yeah. Um, just just to kind of compensate for the extra fuel prices. Right. Um, and then, uh, we'll run the mid Coda lightning sprints. This will be the first time they're here this year. Um, and then our trophy class, which is a run what you've run. So it doesn't matter what you, what you have, uh, mm -hmm. you can come race it for a trophy. There's no pay on that one. Yeah. Um, and that, that's been a, that's been a big hit because, uh, or it, you know, every week we get somebody different coming yeah. in and it's a good way to, if they make an adjustment to their car and they want, just want to try it out, or if there's a little rivalry going on, uh -huh. um, a couple drivers will come just to settle a rivalry, um, or just them rookie drivers that want to get some experience under their belt. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes I have six cars, sometimes I have two, and one time I had one, and 
we just yeah. let the one take a couple courtesy laps and there's nobody to race with. I'm not going to let you. Right. We're not going to waste the fans' time with that. But, you know, they pay, they pay to get in. So we might yeah. as well let them get a few laps under their belt, you know, if they're a newer driver or have right. a car for a bit. Um, and then the following week, we actually have the uh, Rebel Midwest Mod Tour and the Cepha Street Stock Tour. Um, and that and that's going to be a really big deal. Um, I Just looking the last couple weeks, what other tracks have had for car counts, I think we're going to have a phenomenal car count for that. And then we go back the next week and we have our NLRA Golden Hammer. Okay. And so that's a 2000 win late model show. Um, and then we usually, t we take the fourth off. We take okay. the fourth of July weekend off. Um, Devil's Lake is a huge lake town. Huge lake. Okay. Um, we have world-class fishing. Devil's Lake is known for their fishing, their hunting and fishing. And so getting that crowd off the lake that yeah. weekend, it's just not happening. So rather than go backwards financially that weekend, uh, we just take that weekend off. And yeah. um, sometimes we go back to uh, my other half's home area and go go race. Or um, last year we went with the wingless sprint and we raced and it did not turn out good. We ended up coming back home and uh, sitting by the lake and the other yeah. half was icing things and he wasn't <laughs> For yeah. a while, I was wondering if he, if he was a little concussed, but turns so out that it's, we, but you know, sometimes you, flash, you can be, you, it'll act like you're concussed. So right. An important lesson there. And sometimes though, you just need a little break, don't you? I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, you take a weekend off and then you're ready to go back more. So I think sometimes if you race week after week after week, and sometimes it gets uh, frustrating in that. And if you can get a week off once in a while, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No, and you know, we usually take uh, Memorial Day off because of graduation and people are opening up their lake cabins um, and the fourth off. Um, mm -hmm. But because we had five weeks where we just were not getting a race in just because of the weather, we actually added Labor Day back into the schedule. Okay. Um, I, I have a brand new crew in a, in a lot of departments this year. And I, I just thought, you know, we need to get them an experience. The counts are going to be light. The fan counts going to be light. But we need practice and kind right. of figure out how everybody operates. Um, yeah. And then um, it, before um, last weekend, which is Devil's Run. And Devil's Run is usually um, chaos at our, at our racetrack. It, it's usually the biggest race of the year. Um, but I think fuel prices uh, mm -hmm. hampered that a little bit. I didn't see as many cars for the car show as normal. Yeah. Um, I, I never did hear. Somebody said the park was full, and then somebody said that the parade was shorter than normal, but um, I didn't get into town to really get an evaluation. Well, and I think tires are an issue. I mean, if they're, they are, at least they are here in the Midwest, in Michigan, Tires are an issue, gas is an issue. So there are less people going, not only driving, but going to the races. There's just less people doing things because of that. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've tried to be proactive with, with the Hoosier tire situation, but 
they will only give us and um, our trackside distributors so many tires. They've really, they've really mm-hmm. clamped down on on that. And, yeah. You know it. Yeah. I can't do anything about it. You know, unfortunately, and you know we've we we recognize that we we have a problem in that situation, and so we're gonna we're gonna try and maybe keep the track um, to the try and get the track to the point where it's not burning up tires quite so much. Yeah. Just, just so they can keep reusing them. Right. And, and thankfully, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is about our particular track. Um, we don't burn the tires up like a lot of other tracks do. And the only thing that I can really think of is, you know, we don't try to run a heavy, heavy, heavy track. We try mm-hmm. to just make lanes and leave like yeah. the middle kind of, kind of slicked up because you do have those those guys that don't care and they're really good at driving the slick and then you have those guys that are really good at driving attack the tack so we kind of try to leave a multi-lane track Mm -hmm. to make it side by side racing um but i I think a lot more tracks are going to have to start putting a little bit more moisture into their tracks not yeah not pounding it in quite so hard so the moisture can get into there because I don't know about other areas of, of the dirt world or, you know, different areas. Um, but I know um, in my in my home area, once the sun comes down, so all the moisture that's in the track will come back up to the surface. Yeah. And, and that really helps um, keep the track in, in good shape throughout the night. Doesn't yeah. always work out. Um, the track is always a different situation every week. Mm-hmm. You know, the sun comes into play, the humidity comes into play, the wind comes into the play, and in yeah. South Dakota, it's always windy. Yes. Yes. So that's kind of a good thing, though, because you never know when you get to the track what it's going to be like. So now we're talking about, you know, um, drivers who compensate for those things, and the ones who can compensate the best are the ones at the front that end up winning right yeah they know that if we get rain it's just going to be hammered down yeah we're so heather huh go ahead we uh we are kind of one of those tracks that you know we can get an inch of rain and sometimes we can dry it out when we can go oh yeah so we we kind of got a sand we're kind of a sandy clay you know lake lake bottom kind of a situation so Right. Um, if the, if we could run, we're gonna run. But um, we yeah. had a year where we had like seven rainouts in a row. Mm. There and, was I. There was that in Kalamazoo here a few years ago. I think they they had almost as many rainouts as they did races, and it was really, really it's, sad. It's frustrating. I remember it, we were going. We were looking at night eight of another rainout, and uh, and. I remember we were sitting in the bar and I kind of had to have a pep, pep talk with the track crew, um, Nolan yeah. and my other half and his dad, um, the owners. And I, and I had to say like, no, we got to get Grady here. We need to have a race. And, right. they went out and they dried it out and we raced that night. So, yeah. Yeah. So Heather, why don't you share with my listeners, um, 
how they can follow you. So if they're headed through North Dakota or they live out in your direction and they haven't been to your track, how do they find your schedule? Are you on Facebook? Where's the best your website? Let us know how to how to follow you guys. Uh, we are, are we actually have two Facebook pages. We have Devil's Lake Speedway, and then we have uh, Devil's Lake Speedway Bar and Grill. Okay. And, and our bar and grill is open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday year round. Okay. And, yep. And we have we've, we we have been told that we have the best steaks around. Okay. Awesome. The best burgers. Um, so, and then if you want to go to Twitter, it's race. Devil, I think it's race devil's Lake. Um, and then the easiest way to find our schedule and to buy, um, tickets online is devil's lake speedway dot my race pass.com or, okay. uh, .com, um, is our website. We have two websites. Okay. Um, and then we're, we're also on Instagram too. Okay, awesome. So lots of ways you can follow Devil's Lake Speedway. Heather and Nolan are working hard out there trying to provide a, a great entertainment venue for racers in North Dakota. And, you know, I, I love that you're passionate about it. That's what I see in your face and I hear in your voice when we're talking that, you know, you do what you need to do, whether it's convenient or whether it's easy but um you want to put those races on so that those drivers have a place to go and a place to race and and it sounds like you have some fun events coming up and the golden hammer i think that's awesome i love the name of that so um you know i just i hope you have no rain the rest of the the weekends it can rain during the week right but not on the weekends it can rain after the crops in okay just not, a, not a lot to wash it out or right it out. Exactly. So, we, we you know, have we're, a lot of moisture, so we could go, we could go a while without any moisture. And we'll yeah, we could. A shower here and there. Exactly. That's, that's what we're looking for. So, well, Heather, I've really enjoyed learning more about Devil's Lake Speedway and more about you and your track. And um, hopefully, you know, we get some new fans to come out and, and check it out. And if not for the racing for the bar and grill, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like a fun place to go have dinner on the weekends for sure. So, well, I, I don't have any more questions for you. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about? No. Uh, come on out for a good time, I guess. And thanks for having me. This is a this is a huge honor to be asked to be on your show. Oh, no problem. I, I'm I love hearing about these small racetracks and what they do for their drivers and you know, that's what keeps racing alive is is uh, the little tracks all across the country. And so I appreciate what you guys do and that you're keeping racing alive for sure. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Racing Girls Rock podcast brought to you by the Women's Motorsports Network.